mocha color. Looks like a yellow brown, and this one's mocha red. What would be the base? It's a blended base, which it means it don't have one primary color as a base. It has what? What makes brown? Red, yellow, and blue. So if it's mocha, it's got a little bit more yellow. Okay, overtaking it. So you got all that kind of base, and then you got a shot of red. That's the way these read. Like five three five would be three, what their level three is, and then five parts something else. Blended bases are the hardest to work with because they you got no control what magnet effect is going to take in that natural hair strand. Does that make sense? I like the ones that just work straight letters. Let me blend my own. They don't do that anymore. When I started doing hair color, you had to take an eyedropper and mix in tones to make any tone that wasn't a natural color. And they look like these. So you would take an eyedropper and you would be putting in colors that look like these into your browns and you made them. That to me is a sure way because I know what I'm putting in it. I ain't a scientist. I don't know what the manufacturing company put in there for sure. <clears throat> now when you get a color line and you start taking their chemistry classes, they will tell you. But it's hard to remember them all. See what I'm saying? So you want to use that one line so you get to know that one line. I love it when people pick these colors out. These colors really don't exist. These can't even be put in the hair and will not become a color unless they are mixed with another color to make them happen. They're called intensifiers, which means they're only gonna oxidate and intensify when mixed with another color. Now you could take a nine in and mix this with it and you would probably have a true shot of red but it still wouldn't be as vibrant because the end's going to control it down some. Is, that, is this making sense so far? Now, um, these HD, this one is SR and HD series, they're very vibrant. Okay. Red molecules don't last as long. They're the big ones, but this is already color with intensity mixed with it for a super red series or high definition. So when you can uh, mix these up, but you're gonna still be mixing them with a base, and you're gonna be exposing all of the red in the hair, which kind of acts like demi. Even though the color fades out, these are still in there. So when you don't want red hair no more and you put brown on it, you're gonna pull these to the surface. You are still fighting them until they grow out of the hair. Okay. They have a bigger drive to get into the cortex and they're the biggest molecules, so they'll rip all of your yellow and blue out. And even though the intensity's faded, and you're not seeing the vibrancy of this anymore, this is still what is your base in the natural hair color when you put something else on top of it. Y'all gotta tell me if it's got questions, now's the time to ask. Flip it over. Somebody read that under intensity. When identifying artificial hair color, you'll also need to recognize its intensity. For example, when referring to a red-orange hair color, you might describe it as a mild red-orange compared to a strong red-orange. 
Keep in mind that the intensity of an artificial hair coloring may be altered by adding a, a complementary color to neutralize or lessen the intensity. To intensify a color when formulating a concentrated color such as yellow, red, blue, green, or violet may be added. For example, a mild red-orange color may become stronger by adding a red concentrate to the formula. You will learn more about concentrates later on in this chapter. Okay, strong red, medium red, weak red. See how that goes? Your client might pick out this medium and tell you they see it as this because a lot of people are colorblind. They don't see color the same. If you were to ask somebody what color the wall was, some people would say silver, some people would say gray, and so on, so on, so on. Color of this floor is very hard to identify. Some people will say brown, some people would say orange, but it kind of flops back different shades. Now, if you take one shade, okay, one shade, you can usually intensify it three to four levels. Does that make sense? How far could you take it down? Three to four levels. It'll keep going down till it weakens up. And you barely see the orange, but the orange is still the underlying and the drive of all of these shades. And you don't get it without the orange. That first sentence where it says, when identifying artificial hair color, have to be able to recognize the intensity. Artificial is synthetic, which means it's a chemical-based product. It's made chemically. When you are adding uh, man-made natural pigments such as e-melanin and pomelanin, they can be duplicated. So some of your uh, products will have a natural reaction to the hair and some will have a more non-reaction to the hair. Look at Claire's hair color. If we went and we put bleach on it or we put another color on it, that pink could turn blue. And I know y'all have already seen this happen. It will not come back to a natural hair color because it is pure synthetic made. Because it's a color it don't exist. So the more off the wall you get from the 10 natural shades, the less return process you have of coming back and controlling. We got no clue what would happen if we put another color on her hair. It might turn purple, might turn green. Emily's a, a good one of that and she ain't here this morning. I don't know what else can put on Emily's hair, but she's went through variations of blue and green and purple. What else she went through? Red. So you got no control. Your client will not understand that. They do not understand why if they come in, they want green hair today and they've got pink, why it's just not that easy. So there again, your uh, colors that you're using will have erasers or intensifiers, uh, dilutants that are supposed to take that out. When you put them on, sometimes the color doesn't disappear. But what that eraser or that dilutant is doing is helping melt the molecule so that when you put something <coughs> over it, you have more control. Okay, that's all it's doing. I personally wouldn't do Claire's hair color in the salon. For one, it costs more to get the products in. Because it's pink? Yeah, you gotta buy a different line. Mm -hmm. 
two, the time that it takes, and three, what I could charge her would not be enough for me to stand and work two or three hours on one head. You're not going to have a choice. You're starting out. Your business is not built. So sometimes you're going to have to take them in. Go ahead. Okay, so if I wanted to get my hair that color, I would have to bleach my hair and then deposit the color on top of it, right? Mm -hmm. So that's like, is that not double processing? Mm -hmm. So like, wouldn't I get like major breakage from that? You get damage, yeah. From like, I'm talking about my hair type. Because yeah. I've seen girls like, they'll go like beach blonde and then they'll put like a crazy color on top of it and then they wonder why like their curl pattern won't go back. Yes. So it's because their hair is dead basically, right? You're not getting the damage because of the two processes together. You're getting the damage because you have natural curly hair and the cuticle won't seal back. If you took a strand to your hair, it's only a good strand about this far out from your head and then it starts thinning. Mm -hmm. So when you put that bleach on it, the ends of those hair cannot handle it. So therefore, that's what causes it. Okay. It's not that it's double processed. There's this, there's this um, girl that I go to church with and she put like, she put like a caramel color in her hair. And so like, she was like, my curl powder won't revert back on the ends. Well, and I was like, because she straightens her hair a lot. So I was thinking that it's heat damage, but now I know like, it's because you processed your hair. Because she's gotten more than one color on top of her hair. And I'm like, mm. So now I know what it is, I'll tell her. And that's where we're going with this additional considerations. Somebody read that next paragraph. <laughs> Come on now, somebody read it. Okay. Um, Follow two. Up under additional considerations. Mm -hmm. Along with the hair levels, the hair's level, tone, intensity is important to consider the texture, diameter, and porosity of your client's hair. The considerations will <coughs> greatly influence color absorption and processing time. A perfect question at a perfect time, Jay. Jay's this, and she wants to uh, be pink. Mm -hmm. She's got to go to here, and then she's got to deposit pink. Without damage, she can only move four levels. One, two, three, four. That's not going to hold a vibrant pink. Okay. With damage, she can go on here. You still get damage. That hair is not going to replenish, so you know the only way you wouldn't get damage is to cut it off. Now, if she moved four levels, Jay's going to come out a pretty shade of orange. Okay, because as you lighten, this is what is exposed. You could get an orange or a pink to deposit over the orange, but it wouldn't be the true vibrancy that Claire's is. Okay, so you'd have to mix a little red or a little orange in with your pink and it would muddle it, muddle it down and become like a salmon color. And that might be okay. Now, it's also not gonna hold the color, so you're gonna have to put that intensifier over it. As you notice, Claire's hair, the ends of it don't hold the color, they start fading out. That's a lot like your hair. The cuticle's ripped open, it's not sealing down, so therefore it won't hold the color. And people get tired of that upkeep and the price, so then they want to change the color thinking that will fix the problem. No, because the next time you rip over it, no matter what you put on it, it's going to fade out faster because it keeps getting more fried. So when you're talking hair color, will the texture of the hair support what you're doing 
is the first light bulb that needs to go off in your mind. Second of all, can I keep it looking good at the price the client wants and in the time frame the client wants? If I took my hair and made myself bleach blonde, in three weeks, y'all know I would have quarter inch to a half inch white roots. They're going to show no matter if my hair is blonde or no matter if my hair is dark. So if my client is like me and they're not willing to color their hair every three weeks, I can't promise them any color out of a bottle that's going to blend with those roots because white don't blend with nothing. Okay? The only thing it's going to blend with is white or gray. Are you following me? Mm -hmm. Last uh, special consideration is will my product do what I need it to do and which one should I choose? Semi's got a big molecule, Permanent's got a cluster of small ones, and when you go breaking them apart, am I going to be able to stick, drive, or melt what I don't need depending on developer and product that I choose? The reason why your semi-permanents don't have a developer is because you can't move or bust that color molecule and it remains the same because it's synthetically, chemically made. When you get into demi, all of your demis come with manufacturers, developers, because they're at 9%. If you know this, you don't have to have the manufacturer's directions. You can buy a 9% and mix with them. However, the client knows that if your 9%'s got a certain amount of conditioner in it, it's going to do one thing, and that's why you don't mix out of lines. The salon care that we use is a universal developer, which means it can be mixed with anything. It has a very minimal, lowest amount of conditioner that can be put in your developer. So it can be mixed with anything. If you mix it with Paul Mitchell, which has a beeswax base, and they've got a, a catalyst in their developer that helps cut the beeswax, the color won't process as good. One reason I don't like Paul Mitchell, but now you can mix it with everything else out there and it do pretty good. If you took Matrix or Joico, which has a higher consistency of conditioner plus proteins that will help adhere the hair as it's processing, make it good but you can't take matrix and mix with joyco and joyco mix with matrix because their additives are different across the line so unless it is a universal developer don't mix them don't use out of this line out of that line never take your demi color and mix it with a developer because once you explode that you no longer have the same color that you chose have a breakdown of what they put together to make the color and it's only going to stick with what's the largest molecule inside the compound. Friday when we watched um, a video about driving a bus and pigs blowing up and all this, you'll kind of understand that I hope a little bit better. Um, and ammonia, ammonia is the main ingredient that makes it, add, makes it work. So if somebody's selling you an ammonia-free color, They've got something else in there like ammonia that's doing the same job, or it wouldn't be hair color. You can change the ingredients, but they're all going to work the same with something of that level. Just like non-alcohol hairspray, sure, go buy some. It says it's alcohol-free, but what most people don't know is it's got propane or butane, which in my book is a lot worse than a little bit of alcohol. Okay. 
So start paying attention to ingredients. Any um, questions over things you have to consider, how they might influence? All right, texture, porosity. Porosity is the ability to absorb. Believe it or not, uh, Claire's ends, where we can absorb them with that pink and it will fade out. If we gave her a foul color and we didn't want it to absorb or grab and turn gray, that it will do too. But the gray won't leave where the pink will leave. So in your mind, what you need to be thinking is like good and bad. Good will always do what it's supposed to do. Evil will always do what it's not supposed to do. So if I didn't want her ends to turn gray, I can pretty much almost bed. Evil does what you don't want it to do. And if I walk away from it and I come back in two seconds, it could be gray. Now, how am I gonna get that out? Because evil doesn't leave. I might have to mix up some bleach and I might have to do a soap cap of bleach to move it out. I do not have to do a soap cap of bleach to move her pink because good always does what it's supposed to and it's gonna leave on its own anyway be happy to leave this job. So you're kind of like a double-edged sword and you'll never win that battle but you got to know how to make that battle a good thing and not a bad thing. Does that make sense? Yes. Um, the lady at my church, she uh, she had great hair, had great hair, and she wanted like highlights to gray hair, even though it looks white or gray, when as soon as you put something on, it's going to turn yellow. Okay. That's what Kim does. Mm -hmm. And that's what she wants to see. The yellow looks blonde, so she's using the gray to come up that. Really, no matter what you put on it, as far as bleach, it's going to turn yellow. Just if you want a light bulb yellow or you want to go yellow, and then you got you got to control it. Okay. And then because of the porosity, her hair grabs quick too. And she likes the chunks so that it can be identified mm -hmm. and not blend in and be a mellow color. Yeah. That's a good question. Uh, flip on over where it says it, uh, changing existing hair color. Somebody read those two paragraphs. <laughs> Changing existing hair color should be 13.3. So I read those top two paragraphs. Hair color can be changed in one of two ways, either temporarily by adding pigment or permanently by adding and or removing pigment. Deciding, whether, deciding which method you will use will help you select the right product for the service. When changing the color of the hair, the color should keep in mind that the final hair color is the combination of the melanin existing pigment and the new hair color, which is artificial. Applied to the hair. 
It is also necessary to determine the amount or density of pigment contained in the hair before determining how much color to add or subtract. This density or amount of pigment, as you may recall, is called, is called the level of color. Remember, the darker the hair, the greater the concentration of pigment. The lighter the hair, the less concentration of pigment. Okay, all permanent hair color is formulated on uh, 20 volume. With a 20 volume, your medium range of pigment is right here, which means you probably got about half and half, half pigment, half developer. When it's mixed together, we'll do a certain job. If you take the same developer and you mix it with a nine and you expose that where this has very little pigment, the pigment leaves. It's gone. It's not. There's not enough in there to hold it. When you get to this side of the chart, you've got more pigment because it's darker and it needs more. So when you open it up, this just starts playing, having a heyday, and you don't know what is going to catch. Does that make sense? Follow me. If you take 30 volume developer, you blow this to having no control. 30 volume here, nothing. No pigment left whatsoever to do the job. 30 volume here, only the strong ones are going to be able to stand. And strong is what? Red. Okay, so you have to fight the red. 40 volume shouldn't be used at all. Unless you're wanting to go blonde. And the only thing formulated for the scalp is 20 volume. 40 volume will only work with the leftovers here. And the strong can't even really hold on without a friend to help them to save their life, like a life uh, device in the river. So there you're going to start pulling orange. Does that make sense? Best way I know how to explain it. So when you're changing, the developer is what's driving the color, let, going to let the color do the action that it needs to do to fix the color. So developer is very, very important and probably the most important. If you want a permanent change or you want to 100% cover gray hair, it's got to be 20 volume. 10 volume will only camouflage it, and 30 volume you'll lose control. 40 volume shouldn't be used at all. When you get down to the next one, it says natural melanin plus artificial color make your final results. This is what I refer to as marbleizing or magnet effect inside the cortex and you have 30% control. 30% control. Natural melon determine the existing level and tone, which you done yesterday on your neighbor. Artificial pigment is the desired level and tone, which is your second question on the five questions you need to be asking yourself. When we decide that they want to be dark, they want to be dark brown, and we decide that this is their level of dark brown, then we've got to go find another four. And we've got to decide what tone they want to see. When you hold them up to the light, you can see your tone better because that's how we get tone is when light passes through the color. And then you've got the final result, which is a combination of what was in the hair and exposed through developer and then what was attracted or magnetized and paled by the artificial color. Make sense? Uh, 
page 505. We will start on tomorrow because that is a lot. But I do want you to know oxidation is the moving of hair color. And tomorrow you will have a small quiz on all of the pages up until now. And I hope you have been reading them. And you will have to write in the answers. It won't be multiple choice. And that is a harder test, right? So you can take this extra time if you need to and you've not been reading them and read over from the beginning. All of the questions will be on the colors, the melanin. Yes. What if you don't know how to spell it right? I don't grade on spelling. I can't even talk right. Mr. <laughs> what did you say? Oxidation is the moving of hair color. Oxidation is oxygen plus color. So non-oxidated 